All right, so Colin, Maui Wowie, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I was very much feeling the uh, Polynesian lifestyle in this film because uh, I, I flew back from Maui on Saturday morning and I saw this movie on Saturday afternoon and it had a Mai Tai during the first act. Yeah, I mean, really, you could have been in this movie. I mean, like, basically, you're a bald guy with a tan. Like, yeah, yeah. Bald guy, like all I need is like a supercar. Yeah, you might and as then... well have just been one of the Rock's brothers in this movie. There you go. Yeah, I definitely would have been in. <laughs> with all of the rocks family yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah that was uh that was a delight honestly the uh, samoan adventure I, uh, <laughs> once they got to samoa the movie like gets pretty awesome yeah i'm not gonna lie <laughs> uh and the movie that we're speaking of is hobbs and shaw and um yeah if you're familiar with the fast franchise then these characters are no stranger to you uh i mean pretty much it's just about uh, two dude bros who just like <laughs> can't seem to make it work out but then of course the fate of the world is in their hands and so they have to come together they reluctantly have to work yeah. out well, it, the same humanity it's a <laughs> cop in quotation marks because like whatever law enforcement agency The Rock works for is always vague like has yeah. been since he appeared in Fast Five and a criminal who like used to be a spy yeah he was like well mi6 and then he like got like well that was retconned like they said in this movie that he's mi6 in uh furious 7 they said that he was like um sas like he's a former sas operative turned into a criminal and so it just conveniently changes whenever they need to bring in someone from that organization (laughs) does it really matter no No, no. it really doesn't (laughs) not in the slightest But yeah, um, it's one of those things where because of that dynamic, you get like these like budding heads, like a little bit more so than you even do in the other ones. I definitely think this is like uh, Hobbs and Shaw or like Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, like tagline Battle of the Egos. It's just one of those movies where they're just like, yeah, no, me. And it's like, no. Me, well, it, 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 Battle of the Egos goes back through the entire Fast and Furious franchise. Like, yeah. To the point where like Vin Diesel and The Rock have it in their contracts that they can't lose a fight. Yeah. Which is why in, I think it's like Furious 6, they vote, like no, it's like Fast 5 when they fight each other. It's a standoff because neither of them can beat the other one. <laughs> is it actually in their contracts? It's actually yeah, in their contracts contract, that they yeah. can't lose a fight. Oh my god, again, this is just like a 13-year-old boy. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, this entire franchise oh is for 13-year-old boys. Yeah. It's, yeah, and it's a little bit more so between like Hobbs and Shaw because uh, Shaw like, was a villain. Uh, hashtag hushes, justice he for Han. Justice Han. for Han because, wow, they just were like, oh no, it's cool. You're part of the family now. And it's like, wait, wait, what? wait, guys, no, he killed Han. Yeah, like horrifically. <laughs> <sighs> but but we're just going to forget about that. Yeah, we're because... just, we're just, he's, he's cool now. He's a good guy. Um, we're never going <laughs> to. I want the next movie. Uh, someone proposed that Jake Choi come. Uh, to be in like the next uh, Hobbs and Shaw movie, like coming to get revenge for Han, and I like want that to be the next movie, like the next Hobbs and Shaw franchise movie of like someone needs to make him pay. There needs to be some sort of yes. retribution. Like, because... The character who was so likable <sighs> oh. and so charming, like the character who everybody loved so much that they retconned the entire series in order to make Tokyo Drift a prequel. Yeah, <laughs> that guy gets killed. By Jason Statham, and now we're totally cool with Jason Statham just being in the family. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's Tara, upsetting. Once we get into spoilers, I will give you a 
yes, breakdown please. of the Fast franchise. <laughs> because I realize I've seen all of them, but I kind of don't remember anything about any of them. Yeah, and for our <laughs> listeners, I can give you a breakdown of the Fast franchise. Honestly, do we really need spoilers on we this? We might I don't not really think that. This. Because first of all, like anyone yeah. that's like seen any Fast franchise movie knows exactly what they're going to get out of this movie. It's not anything. It's, it's going to be completely no different. Chris, it's going to be like bad guy, very defined bad guys versus good guys versus like honestly i think like the, the one thing that's yeah like super fun all the gear shifting like yeah the yeah. infinitely shifting gears yes. like just like ever that. upward is just every <laughs> no matter how fast you're going no matter how many times you've already shifted you've always got that one more you're going to have people with just superpowers like the rock is oh. going to have like the powers he's of gonna the whole. fall off of a building <laughs> and just get up that's it just just get or up or when you've got like six cars anchored together holding down a helicopter but then the winch breaks the rock can just grab that chain with his arm and hold and it and hold continue it. to hold that helicopter down uh i would say that this movie uh the there is like one difference is like uh this movie actually does do a better job by the women that are in this movie a better not not great not, but a better job good. But yeah. a better job it does, by yes. the women of this movie as opposed to, like, everyone that's come before it. Uh, and I don't of- know. <laughs> like, Giselle in 5 and 6. I mean, well, so here's the thing. She was still, like, very much... Um, like, I feel like uh, Vanessa Kirby, I can't remember her character's name. She's Shaw's sister in this movie. She actually feels like she's, a, like, fully a part of this team. Like a full like, character like, yeah, as opposed to like, a lot of the female characters. Well, she in also yeah. has training, right? Yeah. And that's a big difference between the other women who are just kind of there as eye candy and occasionally can drive a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or they get like that one... Training. Giselle was like a some sort of special ops Yeah. Person. Or they get like that like one thing to do where it's like, oh yeah, they can like they're really good at computer stuff like uh, Masande uh, or like they're yes. just like really good at fighting Ramsey like Giselle. is her character's name. Yeah. <laughs> Natalie... What's her, what's her last Emmanuel. Natalie Emmanuel is yeah. the actor's name. Um, but yeah, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, usually they're kind of like, even within like their role in the group, they have like kind of like their one thing that they do. Thing, yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, Vanessa Kirby in this one, like feels like she's got a range of talents and like uh, the ability to like do a multitude of things. And, and she's also the MacGuffin. Yeah, exactly. Like she, like she like takes on the virus and the virus is the MacGuffin because the virus is in her throughout like 90% of the movie. She is the MacGuffin. Yeah. Also, uh, I think there were only like two close up ass shots in this movie and one of them was on the rock. Yes, so, it was. Like, yeah, we that's did, progress, we people. Didn't that's have progress, the, people. The obligatory like street racing in whatever city it is we go to, where like there's the slow pan across all the women in bikinis. Yeah, the... we only had the we had the slow pans uh, introducing each of their characters yeah. in the dance scenes. Right, that they're at a nightclub and then like a. Par- uh, tattoo parlor or something yeah there yeah. are a lot of ass shots in that yeah, yeah. I, I cut that as one because there's just like one, one, one long, long ass yeah shot, yes. <laughs> but then yeah the other one is like when they're all like walking up to like whatever like the agency building and it's like you actually get like a closer ass shot of like the rock than you do of Vanessa Kirby in that yep. scene yep. and I was like yeah this is progress yep. progress. <laughs> this is the future that liberals want you know <laughs> but, you have to like I thoroughly enjoyed this movie I laughed my ass off but I also had to like check 
a bunch of shit at the door in order to... Well, oh, you have to any movie yes. in this franchise. <laughs> in this franchise, it's like, you just, okay, you know what? Misogyny everywhere. I just have to, like, <laughs> lean in, right? Just, it's just going to be like that. That's what you're, what you, what it's here for. But yeah. yeah, but also that it's going to be really stupid. So, like, the first movie is, like, Paul Walker is a cop who infiltrates a gang of street racers run by Vin Diesel. And at the end, he lets Vin Diesel go because they all bonded over this thing, and he's fallen in love with Vin Diesel's sister. Too fast, too furious. Paul Walker is now a disgraced cop living on the run, and so he joins in with a group of street racers in Miami. Vin Diesel is not in this one. <laughs> fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, or Fast 3, which actually takes place between 5 and 6. Or no, between six and seven. Um, <laughs> has nothing to do with any of our previous characters. It's this totally different like high school kid who goes to Tokyo and gets involved with the street racing. There we introduce Han. Furious, like Fast and Furious, Fast and the Furious 4. Paul Walker now working for the FBI again. <laughs> Joins up with Vin Diesel to take down a drug lord. Um... This one introduces Giselle. Fast Five, Paul Walker now on the other side of the law again. <laughs> Breaks Vin Diesel out of prison and they're on the run and they are being chased by Hobbs. So this is where we introduce The Rock into the franchise. Furious Six. <laughs> um, the whole team, like Hobbs recruits The Rock's team to take down an international terrorist who is Jason Statham's brother. They take him down and then Furious at the end of Furious 6, Jason Statham kills Han because as revenge for them taking down his brother. So then Furious 7 is Hobbs and the Toretto family going after Jason Statham. <laughs> then Fate of the Furious. <laughs> Go on. Keep going. Keep going. Go Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> the team like is going after um, Charlize Theron, who's a different international terrorist, and some and, white women dreads. Yes, and some white women dreads. <laughs> and she, you know, she's a villain. She's a white woman with dreads. <laughs> Hobbs once again recruits the Toretto family to try and bring down her. Actually, no, Hobbs doesn't. Mister Nobody does. So that's where we get Kurt Russell. No, we get Kurt Russell in seven. Never mind. But anyway, <laughs> Kurt Russell returns as Mr. Nobody, and he recruits everybody to try and go after Charlize Theron, but they have to get go after Charlize Theron because she has turned Dominic to be on her side because he has a son with Elena that he never knew about. And oh, my God. oh my God. Jason Statham <laughs> is recruited to help save Vin Diesel's son. And that's why they end up working on the same side as Jason Statham, even in the, the whole previous movie was them trying to kill Jason Statham because he killed Han yeah. in six. Okay, so as you're describing this, I'm thinking this is a soap opera plot. It's absolutely oh, yeah. it a soap opera. If the soap opera was written by two 13-year-olds <laughs> yes. like, who were on each other's shoulders wearing a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> so like the order yes. then is what? Fast, the so Fast and goes, the Furious... Too one, fast, too furious. Too fast, too furious. Fast five. No, it fast goes, six. It goes one, two, four, five, six, four, five, and it, it six and three join together at the end. Okay. Like so, like the end of three and the end of six are where the timelines join. Okay. 
And then seven, eight. Hobbs and Shaw takes place, I think it's five years after Fate of the Furious. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I just, I really want the next movie to be, um, it's been recommended that Jake Choi come on to claim retribution and justice for Han. And yes, I think that. that needs to happen. Like, the next Hobbs and Shaw movie should be yeah, Jake Choi, very justified in his vendetta against Shaw and, like, coming to seek vengeance. And I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be upset if, I mean, Jason Statham is a, Jason Statham is is a great addition great, to the if, franchise. If we, but. <laughs> I mean, we already lost Gal Gadot from this franchise. We already lost Han from this franchise. How much is it going to hurt if we lose Jason Statham from yeah, this just, franchise? Yeah, just get him in a comic book movie next. It's already We're already in the Mar- the MCU. We've already got superheroes in this movie. Like, yes. <laughs> the, whole, like the, the Hulk. The Rock, literally. He literally like falls from like a two-story drop through glass and then just like gets up just gets up and he's fine (laughs) and and they're like like seven cars were anchored together to hold down this helicopter and the rock just holds it with his muscles yeah (laughs) we're legit straight up superheroes they might they both get punched through walls on multiple occasions throughout this series and just shrug it off like, there is so much throughout this entire series with this movie especially so many people just being smashed through concrete yeah the the i almost said it again yeah. the hulk the rock just, just go with it go with it like literally like like flex is out of his cast in like the yeah. last movie in, in like, seven is yeah. that seven yeah in, in, in the end of seven he's been like all holed up in the hospital and he sees that there's all this stuff going on he's like Daddy's got to go to work, and he like flexes his way out of a full arm cast. <laughs> yeah, so I think if you go in with this ready to laugh, it is oh, really, exactly. really oh, I, think, I feel like we were the only laughing. ones laughing, yeah, but we were laughing, laughing our asses off. Yes. As was I. <laughs> like, and this yes. is like what happened when we went to go see, was it six or something like no, that? No, we all went to see Fate. Like uh, Fate of the Furious together, and I think we made everyone else in that theater mad because we were laughing we were laughing so, so hard, hard yes. the whole time. I love I love their like again thirteen year old boy banter when they're like running down the side of the building and he's like fuck you right and, like, <laughs> like the thirteen year old so boy jokes like the Hobbs like no Shaw comes up with a way to like get them through security because turns out like Idris Elba controls the media as well I and mean, the dumbest thing I've ever seen in one of these movies but so they've been blackballed by like every organization so he gets them new travel arrangements but he wants to keep the rock back so they like he and his sister can get through so like his name is like michael or like mike cox so small or something yes. like that uh, <laughs> it's like that's oh yeah i go by michael it's, it's and the other so one like, and then like the one at the end where it was like hugh janus like yeah. it's just like yeah this is a 13 year old yes <laughs> and as long as you like accept it and that's what it is it's really fun and oh yeah it's hilarious yeah. to watch and it's worth seeing it on the big screen and we're oh, being totally in the theater where oh my god yeah. yeah like Idris Elba's like transforming motorcycle oh was just like holy shit that was such an amazing guys we haven't even talked about Idris Elba yet oh, yeah. no. <laughs> alright we take a break we, and we're gonna devote the, oh, yeah, the rest yeah I mean, we haven't even talked about the plot of this movie yet because <laughs> Yeah, essentially, it's like um, Vanessa Kirby, who is Shaw's sister, Hattie, uh, is an agent for MI6. She's an MI6 agent. Okay, yeah. and she is like sent to like recover this virus, 
uh, it all goes up. Uh, it, go, it goes ass up when Idris Elba shows up. Uh, Brixton Lore. What an interesting name. It uh, <laughs> is a great it's name. It's a great it's, name. <laughs> Brixton Lore. Again, this is like James, James Bond, <laughs> like written by like an even more juvenile person. Yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> more juvenile than Ian Fleming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so she is going to get this virus and in the meantime uh, and what happens is he comes in fucks everything up she injects herself with the virus in order to prevent it from falling into his hands and goes off the grid him being a part of this like crazy shadow corporation shadow called like Etion that yeah somehow it's like controls the media and but like also reading yeah. people out of the gene pool that was yeah. this movie right yeah <laughs> i mean yeah it was yeah it was very it was eugenics like mixed with just like uh, Bio enhancement, like everything yeah. that like the uh, you know conspiracy theorists like say that like the Illuminati does. It's like <laughs> eugenics in the in the Illuminati. Yes. <laughs> but but Idris Elba, at least there's a reason in fiction for him to have superpowers because he's got all these bio implants. So yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's at least like half machine or something. But yeah, he should just be able to punch through the rock's chest, like, yeah. and that should be the end of the, the movie. End. Like, <laughs> that, like if, if the rock wasn't just a superhero and Shaw too, because they both just take these punches from. And they're both producers <laughs> of this film. Yeah, I like, mean, both what? Jason Statham no. and the Rock are both producers on this movie. I can't so they believe had it. So much creative influence on what actually happens. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why so much of it takes place in London and then Samoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just honestly yeah. great. Um, and so, yeah, they they have to go off grid because initially they're both contacted by MI6 to help track her down. And everyone thinks that she's a traitor because they control the media and all of these things. And so... They go, they try to find her, they finally find her, and then, of course, they're like, oh, of course you're not the bad guy. But then by that time, it's too late, because by the time they make it back to the CIA, Idris Elba comes in, fucks everything up, kills everybody, and then turns around and portrays Hobbs and Shaw as traitors, too. So now everybody's on the run. They're trying to, like, stop this virus, which, after, like, 72 hours, is going to, like, melt Vanessa Kirby's insides, and then, like, go airborne. And then airborne. spread throughout the population. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Craig, I think you just did a better job explaining the plot than the screenwriters did. <laughs> like, well done. <laughs> and I think you, like, in your summary, Colin, of all the different movies, I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen in that one. Huh. Yeah. Like, they do yeah. all blend together. And, yeah. and they all have the same plot to such a degree that you're like, oh, yeah. So this one, like, they have to go take down the drug dealer. And then the next one, they team up to go take down a drug Dr- dealer. Drug dealer. In the next yeah. one, they take down a terrorist. And then in the next one, they team up to take With down the a terrorist. <laughs> but I do love the, uh, because essentially they're like, there's two ways to save the world. One is like to kill Kirby and burn her to, and this is one of my favorite lines, like that comes over and over again. It's like unrecognizable yes! ashes. <laughs> As because opposed to all of the recognizable ashes, yes, like we're echoing Jason Menzukis in uh, "How Did This Get Made?" Where they're talking about some movie that says like "burned to unrecognizable ashes." Like, are there recognizable <laughs> ashes? I know those ashes. <laughs> I don't recognize those ashes anywhere. Those ashes are my uncle. <laughs> uh, and the other option is to extract the virus from her and then destroy it outside of her body, but. Um, 
So, yeah. so of course we have like a ticking clock at the end of the movie to like get the virus out of her body, and of course Idris Elba is like trying to kill her before the virus can come out of her body. No, he has to kill her after it comes out. He he can't kill her until the virus is out of her body. Because that was like then the, the virus dies with her. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. If they kill her, that the virus dies with her. So yeah, they have to like. So that was like one of the like after they go. So they're running around the world, and then they decide to go like as as far out of grid as they can, which means that like throughout the movie, um, you know, the Rock is like kind of like. Oh, talking with his daughter, and he's like, you know, everything like, you know, his daughter, who I swear is played by a different actress than played his daughter in the previous two films. Oh, probably because she was like, I think she was like I a think good she's like, like three or four years older than yes, the, at least yeah. Like, <laughs> that girl is like significantly older than yeah. his daughter was in the last movie. Um, but I love, I really love their relationship. Like yes. that was like again one of those cuter moments of like anytime he, like The Rock is doing like daddy things mm-hmm. I'm just like I mean in other daddy things but yeah. you know all of the daddy things that The all Rock the does I approve of. There. Yes. In multi- <laughs> multiple layers of daddy yeah. I'm enjoying. <laughs> uh, yeah he just seems like such a kind and caring person that could just like wrap you in his arms and just like never let go. I think my favorite part is where he takes Vanessa Kirby and just holds her above his head like he Yes! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Like, with, with, like one arm, like he's holding Vanessa Kirby yes. over his head. Yeah, he like literally like picks her up and just holds, holds her. her. Like, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. they go to Samoa, which again, just like, please, if anyone, if anyone like uh, is feeling generous and like would like to buy me a ticket to Samoa, <laughs> like I would love to. I mean, just like the the scenery. You know, it's just, it's such a, it's just such a beautiful land. Just, uh. (laughs) Like them going to Samoa was like a big part of the rocks push in this movie. It was like, he wanted to get a bunch of Polynesian actors into this film, which one of the things I will say. Thank you for that. Thank thank you. I mean, you do have to accept a few grains of salt with this franchise, the misogyny being one of them. But one of the things this franchise has always been good about is like multi multiple ethnicities, like getting yes. lots of people of color, like lots of people from all sorts of all over the world, like into these films. I think, yeah. the, I think it was the eighth one or one of the more recent ones where there were like no white stars in it. Right. It was all people. of It was all actors. of I color. think it would be eight because Paul Walker is not. In dead. Eight. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, yeah. Paul Walker is dead. dead. But they did. Well, he's no. Bri- well, well, Paul no, Walker not is the, dead. Yeah. Brian is like just off married to Mia raising children. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they did still have Kurt Russell in eight and they still had like baby Kurt Russell in eight. Like the guy who they're introducing to maybe become like the new Paul Walker in nine. Oh yeah. Cause he was in this one, wasn't he? Was he? Kurt Russell was mentioned in this movie. He was not in this movie. No, not Kurt Russell. Like the, the junior. Oh, I don't. Wasn't I... he uh Shaw's? Like Ryan Reynolds' agent person handler was that oh, the I same guy? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I don't remember the baby Kurt Russell character well enough. Yeah, he had to tell like, you whether that's. And he always had sunglasses true. on in this one, so it was like pretty hard to tell like any distinguishing features. But um, yeah, Ryan Reynolds. That was honestly one of the heights of this movie. Uh, Ryan Reynolds yeah. is the Rock's CIA handler. And like, you get this whole, from all the dialogue, like, oh, they work together on all these multiple occasions. And like, they're like, he's like, he, Ryan Reynolds thinks he's buddies with the Rock, but the Rock is just like, oh, I tolerate this kid for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, cause I had a moment where um, there's this like shadowy, like figure who's like the head oh, of yes. Etienne. 
who uses like you know crazy voice modulation. We never see his face or her face. Who knows? It's but, to Charlie's Theron again. Oh it? God. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it, it's entirely possible. It's just Charlie's Throne again. But. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know who do you guys think it is. I don't. Well, you had posited like in the theory that it might just be Ryan Reynolds. Well, that was because oh. like there was like a moment where he like said something where it was like, um, like Idris Elba was like saying something to him, and he was like, "Oh, like how complicated that must be for you." And like the like the tone that he said it sounded very like. Ryan Riddle snarky and well, so in, in the trivia when I was reading this movie it said that the like credit for the voice actor who does that is like a pseudonym or like a uh, aka for Ryan, Ryan Reynolds oh, oh really yeah okay well, well I think uh, all right well who knows breaking news on our podcast so, it, <laughs> so it's, I will find first. out in the next Hobbs and Shaw movie or or possibly in Fast Nine, but it's either going to be Charlie Theron or it's just Ryan Reynolds. Oh my God, <laughs> he's a fun villain. Yes, I'm in yeah. favor of. This. I can't believe how many of these movies we have right now. Like you just said, Fast Nine, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Fast <laughs> and they're still isn't like, out yet. they're still like good. Yes. Like they're fun. Like I, I'm not like, I don't feel like tired of them. Like I just, I just think that they're like great. Just like. Popcorn movies is, I think, what whatever summer that movie. phrase is. Exactly. Just like, yeah, I just yep. want to go to a movie. It's a great summer down and mindless watch movie. Something. Yeah. Watch some air conditioning and <laughs> yes. have some cars drive around you. Yep. Have some cars like <laughs> shoot harpoons out and anchor themselves to a helicopter <laughs> to keep the helicopter from taking yep. off. And yep. Yeah. And I do think, uh, again, back to this movie being just like a little bit better than in terms of like not being quite as like toxic, like full on toxic masculinity. <laughs> yes. Like, yep. yeah, I do feel like there is like a li- like, there's a little bit of earnestness to it, but at the same time, it is a little bit of like self-effacing. Like, yes. it's, it, there's a little bit of that like uh, like self-awareness of like understanding like why this is happening or like why they're doing the things that they're doing. They know it's ridiculous, and right? I think it really like <laughs> it comes together at the end when um, there is like a lot more emotional vulnerability than I would have expected out of a fast franchise movie. Mm -hmm. Like when um, Hobbs is talking, you know, with his grand or with his mother and like the whole, like uh, actually with his brother um, about, you know, like leaving and apologizing and like, just like very, um, cause a lot of times it's like played as a joke. Like Mm -hmm. um, I was watching, what was I watching? Oh, it was uh, the boys. It's like that, uh, superhero show that's oh, on yeah. Amazon now yeah, yeah. and there's like a scene where it's like this guy his name's Mother's Milk and he's like on the phone with like his like uh, fiance or his wife and he's like you know being like you know showing her affection and then it's all like the guys in the corner like ooh, uh, right. ooh yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it's like why are we making fun of someone like telling like telling someone that they care about that they care about them. Yes. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> why, why is that I, a bad thing? Because emotions are dumb, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like one of those things where it's like... <laughs> so it's nice that like this movie just like does that without making fun of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's genuine and it's, it's, it feels... Um, and even like life, yeah. Jason Statham, like the closest thing we get to like Justice for Han is like he says something about like I've done things that I have to atone for and like there's parts where Jason Statham is like being like genuine and... Yeah. Yeah. and I, I again like in the this one's slightly better category like the 
homoeroticism in this movie that they just lean into. I love it. It's like, kiss already, kiss! <laughs> <laughs> the well, shot, reverse and, shot and, of them getting like angrier and angrier and angrier. It's like, and now is where the kiss happens. And, and that <laughs> has been happening throughout this franchise the whole time. Like, it started with The Rock and Paul, or no, with Vin Diesel and Paul Walker, and then it kind of transitioned from that to being, once they, in effect, became brothers, it transitioned from that being Vin Diesel and The Rock and now it's The Rock and Jason Statham. So they keep yeah. shifting who like the ho- like homoerotic undertones are with. Honestly, I don't know if I felt it as much with like The Rock and Vin Diesel. And I think that like there's been reports that, you know, on set tensions and like all of that. And I think that that has a lot to, again, back to like fragile masculinity of like, I think like when The Rock came on and like, literally revived this franchise that was like heading under like i think that that really got under vin diesel's skin and really was like a hit to his ego and i think that that is a part of the reason why there was so much of that headbutting and why we didn't really get that dynamic from them because i don't even think they're like on camera together for like most of the last two for a lot of of fate and (laughs) a lot of that has to do with the production of this movie yeah because they announced this movie and vin diesel got so mad about it that he cut a whole bunch of the rocks scenes oh, really? because Vin Diesel is a producer on the rest of the Fast and Furious movies and so he like he was so mad about the fact that the rock was getting a spinoff that he like cut a bunch of scenes and stuff again yeah. going back to your earlier comment about the subtitle for this like battle of egos <laughs> right? yeah exactly yeah it's uh I, I think that it's uh yeah the relationship and the dynamic of like the actors in this one definitely like helps them to be able to play into that more yep. so yep. as opposed to them like just like literally like hating each other <laughs> yep. and i thought uh, jason, jason statham reminded me a lot of the character that he plays in what's the melissa mccarthy movie spy yeah where he's like the over-the-top idiot spy <laughs> i was like oh he's playing that same one here right and, and again having a kind of playful self-awareness they know these stunts are ridiculous they know this is over the top one of my favorite scenes was when um he's talking with his daughter in the background vanessa kirby is like kicking ass and basically breaking out of uh, the interrogation room but that classic joke of you know someone in the foreground having a straight moment and someone in the background doing something totally opposite it was like ah this is a vaudeville moment great (laughs) good job Yeah, and they do like a lot of those same things, like when they're trying to break into the facility and the rock, or I think it might have actually been Statham is like shoving dudes' faces against the retinal scan. Yes. Like, access denied. Like, access denied. <laughs> He's shoving <laughs> different dudes' faces until he finally gets one. Um, one of the things, little Easter eggs or like moments where I was kind of like, fuck you, movie, <laughs> was with the Statham is showing the rock all of his different cars. And one of them is a Mini Cooper. And he says, this is from a job that I did in Italy. Yeah. yeah. Like as a reference to the Italian, <laughs> Italian job. <laughs> when they, like the whole climax of the movie is them driving around in those Mini Coopers doing the heist. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was funny. Half of the audience got that joke and the other half didn't in the theater where we saw it. And so I'm cracking up. I'm like, oh, that's a nice little reference to the remake of the Italian job. And then everyone's like, what? What? <laughs> we don't get it. <laughs> Um, Idris Elba apparently changed his line from I'm the black James Bond to I'm black Superman. And this, I don't know if this is in response to like how many people have been speculating wanting Idris Elba to be James Bond. I'm uh, certainly right. one of them. Yep. Um, but I think at this point, I would really like Idris Elba to be the next M. Because mm. Idris Elba is like older, he's more distinguished. I would really like to see Idris Elba as M at this point more mm. than James Bond. And maybe get another black British actor to be James Bond. Well, um, 
There's going to be a new 007. There is. Yeah. yeah. It's already it's a um a black woman is the new 007. So because um, it's not it's I think it's Lashana Lynch. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it might be. Yeah, from um, um but, Captain Marvel. She was, Yes, it uh, is. Maria, actually, it is Maria. Lashana Lynch from Captain Marvel is the new Rambo. 007. Yeah. Because um at the end of Spectre, the idea is that James Bond has retired. So he passes on the mental of 007 to another agent. Yeah, which I'm like, yes. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I just, honestly, I just, I really love, like, I like to bask in, like, the nerd rage of, like, these moments. Oh, yeah, it's so great. I'm just like, uh, yes, please, be mad. I love it. Just hearing the moment, you're like, James Bond. You're like, yeah, oh, it's so glorious. It's so delicious. And, And I just love the way that Ian Fleming would be spinning in his... Horrible, horrible grave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I feel like we should take a little break and then we'll be back with, I don't know, more of this movie or should we just head into recommendations after this? I've got like just a couple notes left. So if we want to come back after or before that, doesn't matter to me. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll be back with a few more notes and then we'll probably just dip into recommendations. And we're back. Back again. Yeah. More Fast and Furious. Presents Hobbs and Shaw. That should be like, they should just tag that from Tokyo Drift because really that's like. It really should. That song is like one of the best things to come out of this entire franchise. The Fast and, the Too Fast, Too Fury. Oh no, that's the Tokyo Drift's uh, soundtrack song. They're like, I wanna hear you know, Tokyo. If you see me, then you know. Craig, you know, you know, you know my feelings go. on Tokyo Drift. That we you love it, and that it's the better of the. And that it's the better of like the. I will say, I will say that friend of the show, Amanda, from Amanda's Picture Show Go Go, is with me. Okay. In terms of liking Too Fast, Too Furious more than Tokyo Drift. So. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> I mean, the you know. only two people I've ever heard of who are of this opinion, but. So, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, like, when you're the only two people on one side, I'm just saying, you know, it's all about, and there's no accounting for taste, so. <laughs> But anyway, getting back into this. <laughs> this is the spirit of the movie. That's yeah, exactly. Right now. <laughs> yeah, Craig and I are like the Hobbs and Shaw yes. of this one. Yes, and it's all about disliking Tokyo Drift. <laughs> um, so That's the plot of our... Hobbs <laughs> says at one point that his brother is the best mechanic that he knows. And I'm like, you, you know Tej. Like, you know Ludacris, like, who's supposed to be, like, the best mechanic in the world, and he's, like, part of your elite team of street racers. Hey, no, uh, hey, any, like, the any excuse that they needed to get those wonderful views yes. of Samoa. Yes. To get some Samoa. Some get, and like, his brother is played by, I'm not a wrestling fan, so I might get this wrong, but WWE star Roman Reigns. Reigns, yeah. Who uh, plays Hobbs' brother, but in real life, they're actually cousins. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah. I watched like a video. I, I definitely like wanted to know more after watching this. Because I watched this part in slow motion. Need to know more. But yeah, they're like it was like him and uh, Roman were like talking about like how both of their families like have like history going back in pro wrestling, like mm-hmm. back to like their both of their grandfathers, like multiple cousins, brothers, sisters, nice. like yeah. all like in the pro wrestling world. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's dope. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was like a. Um, such a huge 
I knew that like The Rock's father was in it. I didn't know that his grandfather was in it too. So mm-hmm. yeah. it was a lot, lots of cool. I, I did like how they come up with some tech no babble way of shutting down all of Jason Statham and his crew's guns when they got to Samoa. So oh, Idris Elba. Yeah. Or, yeah, Idris Elba's like guns and everything when they got to Samoa so they could fight with all the like Polynesian like clubs and weapons. And yeah. Weapons. yeah. Weapons. That awesome. was a really cool little yep. thing. That I remember seeing the trailer and them opening up the whole cabinet of those clubs and I'm like, but they've got guns, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, they're going to come up with some solution for that. And they did. No, yeah, they, they definitely, like, lean... Like, the first time that um, Vanessa Kirby, like, picked up one of the guns and, like, the chip, like, activated, I was like, oh, check out his activation chip. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is going to come back somehow. <laughs> okay, so what were each of your favorite action moments? Uh, I mean, like the Daisy Chain cars. The Daisy Chain cars like, was my favorite. What? Moment. I thought that was <laughs> what? That was so ludicrous and so truly in the vein of this franchise. Like, yeah, it, it's the the plane chase from Furious Six, only replacing like replacing the plane with a helicopter. Like all yeah. of the cars are like yeah. harpooning themselves to an aircraft in order to keep it from taking off. It's the exact same set piece, and I loved it even more this time. Yeah, and. Uh, Honestly, it's one of those things where, like, okay, I get it. Like, physics is not the... <laughs> but this is not the primary. I just wrote down cars is greater than air pl- or helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, because there's, like, the order in which they did, like, the NOS was just, like, the car in the front did it first, which would have, like, pulled the two behind it. But then the one in the middle would have, like, rammed into the one in front of it as it was pulling the one behind it. And then the yes. third one would have rammed into both of them, like, in the, within the order of the NOS that they activated. And so it was just, like, it, it was hilarious to me. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, again, a cartoon because yep. even once the helicopter, like, crashes and goes over the side of the cliff, no one's hurt. No. Like, I mean, no Vanessa blood. Kirby is like, she, yeah, she's got like some blood she's on the side like of her head. She's got like a scrape on her head. But then like, like at the same time, done. yeah. Artistic scrape. But then at like the same crushing. time, like as soon as she like, like takes out the guy, like she like triggers the gas to blow up in the guy's face who's about to shoot her. And then like, it does like the uh, Black Widow leg wrap thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, she's fine. Yeah, she's nothing's fine. broken. No. Like, she, well, all her fight choreography <laughs> was done by the same like stunt coordinator who did all of Charlize Theron stuff for um, oh, um, uh, the, uh, Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Atomic Blonde. Ah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, sense. it's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the, again, yeah, the fight choreography was good. Um, for her in particular, I thought yeah, she, she got some really awesome. She had some really cool stuff. Like the fight scene between her and The Rock where The Rock is trying not to hurt her and she's like using her motorcycle helmet as a weapon yeah. in like all these various yep. ways. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And then again, just that lift. Just yeah, yep. so when he just picks it up <laughs> over the top of his head. Uh, uh. Well, yeah. Uh, do you have any stats for this movie? Um, I do. I also have a very quick Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. Uh, because oh, nice. as we said, Jason Statham is in the remake of The Italian Job mm-hmm. um, with Donald Sutherland, oh. who is in Animal House with Kevin Bacon. Oh, oh well done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a short one. Um, but this movie has a 7.0 on IMDb. It has a 60 on Metacritic, a 66% Rotten Tomatoes, and an 89% Audience Tomatoes. So yeah, that sounds about right. what you would expect. I'd yep. say, <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of critics are going to be like, it's stupid. one-dimensional, yep. like dumb characters. It's stupid. But en- enough critics will be like, 
it's stupid, but who cares? cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, knows it's it knows that it's stupid, and it's giving you a fun movie anyway. It's, so. Yeah, it's doing it's doing exactly it's doing its what job. it's supposed to do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's oh god, sorry, I'm not. Let's not. I'm just gonna cut myself off before we get into world world shit because. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> we see Fast and Furious movies to escape the real world. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's not a mirror of our society. It's a <laughs> fucking blocker. Like, we look at the real world. Okay. Well, recommendations. Yeah. yeah, we'll just dig right into recommendations this time around. Um, yeah, do you have anything for us, Tara? I'm... Sure. Uh, if you like these movie, this movie, you should see the other ones that we've been talking about. <laughs> if you like about. this movie, there's eight more movies. <laughs> I would uh, like famous car chase movies would be Bullet um, yep. from the 70s, which takes place in San Francisco. It's really fun. The Transporter series with J- Jason Statham stars in. Um, and then I would say a, a forgotten gem from the 90s is Ronin with um, Robert De Niro. And it is has the most fabulous car chase sequences throughout Paris and they did it all in real time and none of it is all practical effects it is stunning about 10 minutes into that car chase sequence oh about we're good <laughs> about 10 minutes into the car chase sequence um Robert De Niro finally it's like oh shit it's getting real we got to put our seat belts on <laughs> another 10 minutes of car action sequence it's really fantastic I highly recommend it it is one of his later movies that's actually really good. It just didn't get very wide release. Nice. Yep. Uh, speaking of like um, the whole like practical effects thing, I thought it was pretty awesome on um, when we went to Alamo before they before the yes. show. They have like a whole thing of um, signing a petition to get stunt coordination stunt coordinators uh, as part of the Oscar, as part of the Oscar nomination, yes. which is like yeah yes <laughs> yes like, like they make movies do that yeah they make movies better like, <laughs> like and also like stunt people literally risk their lives for this stuff yeah like, the scene that they showed was that from Death Proof it's from Death Proof yeah. okay yeah like that was like where they what? showed like an actual stunt woman actually on the hood of a car going like 50 miles an hour yeah <laughs> like that that's scary and I'm getting goosebumps life threatening yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that, I, again, that's something where um, I forget the name of the site. I should probably look that up, and um, I'll post it on the Twitter just because. Yeah, that is definitely something that is uh, a lot of hardworking people who deserve recognition for their contribution to making movies what they are. To performing on screen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Colin, do you have any recommendations? Um, in terms of mindless, like dumb action movies that have a good car chase in them, uh, The Rock from the 90s mm-hmm. has a good car chase mm-hmm. through San Francisco as well. Which is a nod um, back to Bullet. Yep. Yeah, which is, it's yep. actually an <laughs> absolute nod to Bullet. Yep. Um, but in terms of just movies, um, I recently watched Hard Eight on the recommendation of my brother and I really, really enjoyed that. It's the first film by Paul Thomas Anderson and it's the shortest film by Thomas, Paul Thomas Anderson. Actually clucks in under two hours. <laughs> um, but I don't it's believe it. Just like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, it's like really well drawn characters, great dialogue, extremely well made. So if you haven't seen Hard Eight, uh, see Hard Eight. Very nice. Great. Um, what you got God, for us? I've just been like rewatching The Office a lot lately. American um, or British? American. Uh-huh. God, it's it's like watching it now. I'm like, oh, I mean, I've always it always is just cringy because it's Michael Scott and it's just. Yep. <laughs> cool. painful um let me see i've been i watched the boys which i brought up mm-hmm. earlier i liked it i thought it was mm, okay i feel like the commentary that it's trying to make <laughs> okay. is 
um, very much like straight white dude being like, hey, like, here's the problems with the world as I see them in terms of like, uh-huh. yeah, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like they're, they're trying, but like without that like lived experience, it just kind of comes across as like very, very uh, surface level. But I do like the um, the world that they like frame these issues in. Like it's like superheroes who are pretty much like it's the whole like absolute power corrupts absolutely uh, type of like mentality like spread out across uh, and like reflecting back on the current state of the world in terms of um, you know like uh, harassment at work like you know uh, women's rights and uh very 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 lightly brushes on like race and again these are all things where like again it, it does it go it brushes across them like service level enough to where I'm not like really mad at it because <laughs> it's like okay that's yeah that's fine that, that's, that's a cool like little issue <laughs> yeah, yeah. to like just like brush across and I don't feel like it oversteps itself mm-hmm. in like trying to uh like dig into these issues that like I don't think that like it's not gonna handle I think the original comic was written by Garth Ennis and I haven't read the original comic um I think he did like Priest Preacher Preacher um yeah um and that that one's like really good because it's like all about like religion and that one's like one where like almost universally like it's pretty easy to comment on religion if you are someone who is paying attention yes my sister, my, my sister has one of the original panels from it hanging in her house yeah from preacher yep and so this one like kind of does a little bit tackles a few more issues than that but again it does them all a little bit like not quite as in depth as mm-hmm. preacher went into the whole like religion aspect um so i really uh, i liked the world that it set up and I, I do like that it is as service level as it is so um yeah I, I would say check out the boys it's it's interesting it's uh it may not be for everyone it's uh like very graphic uh in both violence and there's like some nudity um I think like the first episode there's like a full frontal male shot so well, like, yeah all right um I don't know if we ever get like a full frontal woman shot. So oh. that's uh, oh, yeah. oh, a progress. 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 <laughs> There's less tits and ass. In yeah. this one than the other um, but yeah, so that is. Not that I have anything, not that, that anything um, wrong with tits and ass. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know. It's, I do love some good tits and ass. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that is our episode for this week. Um, go check out Hobbs and Shaw if you haven't by the time you're getting to this point. <laughs> also, be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a review on uh, the Apple Podcasts and things. Um, I actually have a review here. Let me make sure I get into my Twitter so I can get the right person. All right. So, yeah, we would like to thank... Uh, for your reference podcast, they are on Twitter at For Your Ref Pod, uh, hosted by KT and Odie, and they are um, they do like a lot of different uh, pop culture type things, um, really like all across the board, uh, anime, movies, uh, TV shows, just like pretty much anything that you can think of. They're they've got it covered. Uh, and we'd like to thank them for leaving us a five-star review on our Amazon, or no, sorry, on our Apple podcast page. Thank you. Yeah, they said, uh, if you're looking for a movie podcast that has charming hosts that are super knowledgeable, you're in the right place, dear reader. 
I started off with their Us episode and appreciated hearing their perspective, even if I didn't fully love the movie. Excited to check out more. Subscribe and listen now. So yeah, listen to For Your Ref and subscribe and listen now. Yeah, thank you. Do it. Thank you. Uh, And... Yeah, that was a fun episode, and <laughs> like, I'm still not sure like what it all means. I know we could do us yeah. revisited. Uh, yeah, we could. We could <laughs> I think we could do us movie. once a year. I think yeah. and not run out of stuff to I talk about. I think that's a yeah. great idea. Let's and that was that. one where I, I listened to their episode on um, Naruto, and um, again, I didn't like fully agree with everything that they said, but like it's because you know, people were able to have different opinions. And so no, we're not. That's, yeah. not. that's not how the world works right now. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed the episode, even though I didn't fully agree nice. with like the, I mean, mostly it was like Sakura, who is like one of the uh, most underdeveloped characters in anime because, you know, all there's so many well-written women in anime and it's just like happens all the time with these like, <laughs> great character developments for women characters like <laughs> oh, okay yeah so <laughs> um but yeah they, they were pretty much just like you know they didn't really like her character arc and development and i was like yeah i get that because she was very poorly written and she deserved more <laughs> nothing to do yeah. um but yeah so go check out for your ref pod um yeah amanda who is again one of our favorite podcasters she's back she just had her third year anniversary um yeah she was out for a little while um but she is back and in action she's also doing like pot appetit which is like a bon appetit uh fan podcast um which i just like i don't know if i could do that because i would just be hungry all the time right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um go check them out um oh book of lies that's another really awesome podcast they're always shouting us out on twitter uh thank you ladies over there um yeah um thanks for coming podcast oh so many podcasts that are like amazing they're amazing uh that's an amazing queer podcast where um they talk uh drag race um, which is also super dope. And I actually need to go back and do that on Amazon because, um, yeah, all of RuPaul's Drag Race is on Amazon now. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, check out some of those people. Movie Geek and Proud. Jeez, uh, there's, there's so many people. So, uh, so many, yeah, just so many check, people. Just check out the Movie Pod Squad. Yeah, I probably should. I'm, I'm just making up for the fact that I didn't do a, a, a hashtag Follow Friday this week. So I'm just oh, shouting yeah. everyone out on the episode now. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, go check out those people again. Check us out. We are online. We are on Twitter at IWYTWT, on Instagram at that same tag. We are also on the internet uh, at all, um, which is IWYTWT.com, which is our awesome website that you should check out and take a look at. And you can contact us through that as well. Um, You can also find all of our links to follow, link, and subscribe on that page. Um, I am on uh, Twitter individually at Catharticus. I am at Helen Munch. And you can email Tara if you got something to say to her. And we are out this week. Bye! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have like a whole lot of notes for this movie. Yeah, it's just no, like, I did not write much. That shit. Yes, that's what I have to do. Can that be the opening? That shit insane! <laughs> <laughs>